Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Wednesday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm Gabe Ibrahim flying solo because Amy Otterbert uh, had to do a Toronto Raptors game because she's she's just that good people if you haven't seen her around. Uh, but it's me, just me today. I'm going to talk about the WNBA draft and hand out some awards from what was an absolutely spectacular night. I do want to remind you before we start off that today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. So let's talk about the 2021 WNBA draft. I think it was a spectacular night for the league. Obviously, you look at the ratings. The ratings uh, are up from any point in the past besides last year when the sport didn't have anything to compete with because there was no live sports. So obviously this year it would go down a little bit, but ratings stayed really high. A lot of interest on social media, uh, on everything. It's just been a huge success. But past that, I think the other thing that was fun for people who are into this sport as much as we are is just how many surprise picks there were. And I'll talk about that a little bit more later, but we usually have this mock draft consensus, especially in the NBA. We kind of know like, well, here are the first five picks. These guys are going top five regardless. Uh, And then everything else is kind of a mismatch here. We thought we had, we got the first two picks pretty much correct. And then, you know, everything went haywire after that and teams were picking out of the blue. And it was really exciting to see how teams um, were evaluating this year. Now, I know the normal thing to do here is to do draft grades, but I just don't do draft grades because it's just impossible to know what will come out of a draft. You, me, draft experts, GMs, coaches, players, and everyone in between can do all the research possible and still come out to the wrong conclusion. I think the biggest reason why this is true is because of how much situation plays into a player's success. We don't like to think about that as much, but getting drafted to a a good situation is almost as important as having the raw talent to get there. Let's take Enrique Agumbuale, for example. Enrique went fifth in the 2009 draft, which seems ridiculous to us in hindsight, since she's already an elite scorer in the WNBA in entering her third year, but... It wasn't that ridiculous then. And then what happens if people saw her talent beforehand? Does she go first to Las Vegas? And is she the player that she is if she ends up in Las Vegas, right? Because she's in a secondary role. She's behind potential superstars. So she doesn't have as quite as much room to grow. So that's what I'm saying. Like situation plays a huge role in uh, the WNBA and any league really in determining a player's success. To me, it's almost more important than raw talent because of how good all of these players are at the top of the draft. So that's why I think it's really hard to do grades right now. You need years to do grades. And I hope uh, we'll, we'll get to that at some point on this podcast. We can come back and do a grade for that. Maybe do a grade on a different um, draft. But long story short, I'm not doing grades. What I'm doing is superlatives, awards for the overall draft winner, the Candace Parker Award for Most Impactful Rookie, the Mike Tebow Memorial Award for ruining mock drafts, the Crystal Dangerfield Award for the best second round pick, and my favorite moment from the draft. So let's get into that by talking about our overall draft winner. And it just has to be the Dallas Wings. There, there's no way around that. The Dallas Wings had three picks in the top five. When you have three picks in the top five, that means you're probably going to improve the most out of any team in the draft. And that's exactly what they did. They drafted Charlie Collier at number one, Awak Kuyir at number two, Chelsea Dungey fifth, Dana Evans 13th. All four of these players have great potential in the league, and they were all projected to be very high picks. Evans falling 
uh, was actually the biggest one of the biggest surprises in the draft. So they got great value everywhere. To me, Kier is the crown jewel here, though. She has the highest ceiling in the draft. She could develop into the perfect center on this team long term due to her ability to space the floor for Satu Sable and Enrique Gumbuale. Look at how Dallas played last year. They wanted to try that five-out system. They didn't necessarily have the right center to do that. And I think Kuyir is just so perfect for that. And she has so much talent that she could do anything. You could tell me she's a center. You could tell me she's a four. I really don't have a problem with it. I just think her ultimate thing would be to be the center on this team. However, they also drafted Charlie Collier number one, and she is a true center. Kuyir is more of a stretch center, more modern center. I'd say uh, Collier is a true center, but she's still a very raw prospect. She has loads of potential. It makes great sense from the perspective of the draft is about lottery tickets. She may be the best lottery ticket out there. I think it's Kuyir, but Collier would be second just because of how big she is, how much skill she has already, and how much her game has grown in her three years at Texas. I I just think she really has a lot of potential, and she's going to fill the immediate need that this team has, which is rebounding. They had the league's worst rebounding rate last year, and she'll step in and do wonders for that. Dungy might be my favorite pick for Dallas, which should not be surprising if you've heard the show before and how much I love the Arkansas Razorbacks. I love that team that they had last year, and I think she's just going to do fantastic in Dallas, mainly because the Dallas Wings offense absolutely cratered when Enrique Agumboale was on the bench in 2020. They went from a 104.8 offensive rating to an 88 offensive rating uh, when she was off the floor. So while she's not Enrique, Dungy can create her own shot and get to the line at an elite level. She can excel in those minutes that Enrique doesn't play and provide a similar scoring threat to Dallas, which it did not have last year. They have good players around around uh, Enrique, certainly, but to have a bench scorer that can replicate some of the things that your best player does is such a value piece. Not only that, she can excel as a starter around Enrique because of the shooting she can provide. She loves to run a fast-paced offense, as we saw in Arkansas, uh, and I think she, she just provides that sort of versatility that this team needed and that bench scoring that this team needed. So just those top three picks in the first round are great. Dana Evans, she's a great value pick, as I mentioned, with the first selection in the second round. She provides pretty much everything you want out of a point guard, shooting, defense, decision-making. She has a body of work to show that she can do all of that. Uh, she can also play off ball, which would be necessary if she's going to play on the floor with Enrique. My problem is I just don't really know how she makes this team. So here, here, here's the breakdown, right? This is what it comes down to. There are three spots left on this team, assuming a walk year comes over this year. There are three spots available on this team for Dana Evans, Marina Mabry, Megan Gustafson, Ty Harris, Bella Allery, and everyone else they signed for training camp. So, you know, maybe Kuyir doesn't come over. And again, this is a good problem to have if you're the Dallas Wings because they'll have a very competitive camp. But I'm just not sure how much impact Dana Evans is going to have because I don't see the the right path for her to get on to this team. Regardless from the Dallas Wings organizational perspective, they win the draft. I mean, they got so much better in this draft. And with that, we will start heading towards the next awards right ahead. It's time for Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, and obviously there's no games happening. However, 
My player of the week is is very easy for me. I'm picking Mike Tebow, the head coach and GM of the Washington Mystics. He didn't do anything on the draft. They're supposedly in the war room waiting for trades, waiting for players to sign. I don't believe it for a second. I know Mike was out with his wife, Nancy. Maybe Eric, probably not, to have a lovely dinner because they had no draft picks this year. They traded them all for Tina Charles last year, and they're excited to see her on the floor, so I want to shout out Mike Tebow, who uh, he could not make any mistakes on Thursday because he had no decisions to make. Good for him. Uh, you know, he, he brought a lot of joy and happiness to himself by not putting any pressure on him by simply trading away all their draft picks for Tina Charles. Gotta love the ingenuity here. And it's it's a lovely reminder of what Michelob Ultra is all about. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Mike Tebow, maybe it wasn't worth it for him in the draft because he doesn't enjoy it. You know? Joy creates success. I think Mike Tebow did a great job. And I think you'll have a great time if you pick up a Michelob Ultra in honor of our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, Mike Tebow of the Washington Mystics. Let's keep the award train going for the WNBA draft. I do want to remind you, though, that you can follow this podcast at LockedOnWB. On Twitter, you can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. You can follow Amy on Twitter at Amy. Audibert, and you want to make sure that you're subscribed to the show because we have a just just a laundry list of amazing things coming having at the show. Erica Alice got you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. She just dropped her expansion project episode yesterday, which is really great. I highly recommend it to everyone. And Howard McDell is on Friday bringing in your, your Friday conversation. But right now we're going to talk about the Candace Parker Award for Most Impactful Rookie. So obviously no rookie will ever be Candace Parker. She won MVP in her first year of the league right out of Tennessee. Um, that's just not going to happen. I'm going to say that there's not going to be an MVP rookie again. But I think Jasmine Walker is going to be the most impactful rookie from this class. So she gets the Candace Parker Award. And I think that because in this category, I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for opportunity and at least one transferable elite skill that the team needs. So you're you're going for a player you're going for a player that has a chance to get minutes and a chance to make the most of those minutes because they bring something that the team needs. For Walker, her elite shooting ability at the forward spot is huge for LA because LA doesn't really have much in the way of big shooting outside, well, forward shooting, I want to say forward shooting, um right now outside of Neka Gumake. Uh, Amanda Zowie B is a capable shooter, but she really plays the center spot. I'd be, I, I don't want to put her at the four because we saw how that went last year. I think she got eaten alive at the four on defense. She's definitely a five to me. So outside of that, we have NECA who can shoot. Maria Vadiva may or may not be coming over next year. And then you look at the rest of the roster, it's like Brittany Sykes, who's a great defender, not really that great of a shooter, improving certainly, but doesn't have that shooting prowess. Then we have Bria Holmes. Uh, Simone Augustus, who's at the end of the line for her, and Nia Coffey, who doesn't really shoot anyway. So we have a spot here at the 3-4 where Jasmine Walker could come in and really provide value with her shooting ability. She was one of the best shooters in the country uh, last year. I think she was at like 38%. She's been improving every year. That and her free throw shooting, which is a good indicator for how she'll do in the pros. So to me, I just think she has a she has a really great chance, especially if Brittany Sykes or one of the Aguma K's miss time. I think she'll have a great chance to step in, provide that three-point shooting that no one else on this team has, and 
uh, become a crucial part of LA's success by the end of the year. I do think it will take her some time to get up to speed, which is why I'm not saying that this is like a Rookie of the Year award or anything like that. Rookie of the Year takes in a lot of other things into consideration. I just think uh, impact, the most impactful rookie, Maybe Jasmine Walker, just because of how different she is from the rest of the people she's competing for a spot against. I think that will yield a lot of minutes for her in L.A. I'm really looking forward to it. The other players I considered for this category are Michaela Onyemwede, Shyla Heal, and Renaya Davis. But I just think Walker has the clearest path to significant playing time, especially now that L.A. got rid of uh, Tierra from Pratt. They waived her. I, don't, I shouldn't say they got rid of her. That's kind of mean. Isn't it? Okay, let's move on. Let's bring back our uh, Michelob Ultra Player of the Week, Mike Tebow, who uh, he was allegedly at the stadium doing stuff in the arena, but I don't know. You you could convince me that he was just at home having dinner because he had no picks in this draft. So someone else had to step up and ruin everyone's mock draft. This is the Mike Tebow Memorial Award for ruining mock drafts, and it goes to Tamika Catchings for drafting Kaiser Gondrzic at number four. So obviously this was the shocker. This was the thing that kind of put everyone on notice. Like, well, this this is not going to go the way we think it is. Gondrzic is coming out of West Virginia. She's the highest drafted Mountaineer in WNBA history. And she she's really great. I've seen her, I actually saw her mocked in the first round in a couple places. But I did not see her going this high or to Indiana because on one hand, like I, the the upside, right, is that Gondrzic becomes the team's starting point guard alongside Kelsey Mitchell. Um, and I think that that that's certainly possible. She has a shooting ability. She has a low turnover rate. Uh, her defense is average-ish. We'll, we'll see how much she does defensively. However, she hasn't really flashed that star potential you'd like to see in a top five pick, right? Like that's why Ari McDonald ended up going third because she flashed star potential. She may not be the best fit there, but she flashed that star potential. That's what you're looking for in these high lottery picks, at least in my opinion. And uh, the other thing that's working against her is that Indiana has a lot of point guards. They just have a ton of point guards on this roster. And, you know, maybe that means Julie Almond's not coming over. Maybe, you know, they don't really have faith in Kathleen Doyle. Um, but I just, you know, it was really surprising to see them take Gondrzic at four. And Catchings clearly went with the best player available on her board. And we'll see if it works out. I mean, I, I think if you got to go with your gut, your evaluation. So if this is the best player on the board and you don't really care about fit, and I think that that's probably the right thing to do for Indiana, then you go get her. Just to me, it was kind of shocking because that's not the player that we had slotted in at four, and there was a lot of really good wings available, which is a spot where Indiana lacked depth. So I think it was surprising. Um, we'll see how it works out. I, I really like Gondrzic, like as a person and learning about her since the draft. I think she's great. And I hope she has a, a great career and I hope this all works out. But it was definitely the Mike Tebow moment for ruining mock drafts. Way to go to Tamika catching Stephanie Watts going to LA at 10 and the 11th overall pick, Aaliyah Wilson, who's another guard who's going to Indiana. We're also considered for this award, but it goes to Gondrzic, uh, as, as the ruiner of mock drafts. So that'll lead us into our last two awards for the best second round pick and their favorite moment from the night. And we'll be back right after. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Pro football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today and receive your $50 welcome bonus. 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbooking experts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have so many new flavors, and this I don't think this list that they gave us is actually all the way caught up to the number of flavors that they have because I do not see the birthday cake flavor, which is delicious and comes with sprinkles. So it makes you think that you're eating something that is just like tasty and good, and then you look at the bar and you're like, oh my God, these things are healthy. They're great for the health conscious person looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for a keto diet. And I, I think that if you're on the move, this is a snack for you because it won't kill you. Every time you eat a Snickers bar, you're like, man, I got to run X amount of miles to get rid of this. Built Bar, you don't really have to worry about that. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. Yes, LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Last segment here on Locked on Women's Basketball. If you're just listening to this because you're into drafts, maybe not necessarily just into women's basketball. I don't think that's the case. But if you are, guess what? There's an NFL mock draft podcast that we have going on on the Odyssey app, which is new. It's it's incorporating Locked On because uh, we are part of this bigger company now. It's a lovely big company. So if you're into mock drafts, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 features NFL experts like Michael Irvin from the U, Jason Lockham for uh, Brian Bollinger, our local experts for every team making picks for the next stars. Uh, the draft is coming up, I believe. And maybe the draft's on Thursday. Oh my God. I don't know, but the, the, the mock draft is happening now. So go ahead and go to the Odyssey app in any of your, uh, app stores, pick it up and start listening to the mock draft. But back to the WNBA draft. Uh, which was last week. We already had our mock draft and we're hilariously wrong. Let's get on to my last two awards for the 2021 WNBA draft. The Crystal Dangerfield Award for the best second round pick. So best may not be the best word. It it may just be most impactful. I'll have to think about that. I'm going to write an article with some of these things later on herhoopstats.com or on herhoopstats.substack.com. So maybe it's most impactful, but I'm picking Destiny Slocum here. And that's for a specific reason. She went to the Las Vegas Aces with the 14th pick. But I'm picking Destiny, not because there's not a lot of choices here. There are so many good second rounders. You got Dana Evans, you got Destiny Slocum, you got Natasha Mack, you got D.D. Richards, you got Dejana Carrington, you got Keanu Williams, Unique Thompson, Arella Griantis. Arella Griantis fell to like the 22nd pick. So like these all, all these players may go on to have stellar WNBA careers, especially with the talent that we saw coming into this draft. But most of them won't because of how hard it is to make a team. So what I'm looking for here, again, it's not, it's not too crazy, is an opportunity and a valuable skill set for what the team needs. It's exactly what I was looking for when I was trying to pick the most impactful rookie. But pretty much the same thing here, but for second rounders, it's more interesting because you're coming from a place where you're not expected to make it. You know, once you're past the 18th pick, most players don't make it. So we're going to have some players here who, who kind of break the mold and contribute from the second round. I think Slocum's going to be the best of them in 2021, 
because she has that valuable skill set that the team needs, she can shoot from three. She shot almost 40% from three in a pretty down year for her last year at Arkansas. And she led a fast-paced offense with few mistakes. The Aces love to run. They run pretty much more than any team in the WNBA. Actually, I'll get their stats right now because I could just pull that up really quick. Yeah, they had the highest pace in the WNBA. She'll fit in right with that uh, idea. It, it may change a little bit with Chelsea Gray into the fold, but I think she provides uh, something that they need in shooting, running, running a fast-paced offense at the backup point guard position because the Aces are thin at the backup point guard position. The Jackie Young experiment hasn't really worked. It's yielded mixed results so far just because of like there's no she needs space and there's not enough spacing. Um, and then the team could also stagger Kelsey Plum and Chelsea Gray to have one of their best ball handlers on the floor at all times, which uh, I think would be a solution here. But this most straightforward solution is just to have Slocum play the backup point guard play, soak up those minutes. She fits She fits the style of play. She can shoot, so she can be on the floor with either of those two players as well. Um, and I think they just, they just really need what she can bring, and I think she'll be a big boost for them. Elena Rupert, who was their first round pick, probably has a higher ceiling, but we're not sure she's coming over this year. So really shrewd move to get Destiny Slocum. I think the Aces saw that there was going to be Slocum, one of either Slocum or Evans um, at their pick and just and wanted to hold on for one of those first rounders. Uh, my second pick here would probably be Dejana Carrington since she is uh, the first pick of Connecticut's draft, and she should get a lot of playing time at either guard spot with Connecticut unless they find a better option. That was a Crystal Dangerfield Award for the best second-round pick. It goes to Destiny Slocum with the Las Vegas Aces. And my favorite moment goes to Michaela Onyemwede's grandmother. The 2021 draft was the second-most-watched WNBA draft in the past 17 years, coming in right behind last year's draft. And, you know... Obviously, turning putting it on ESPN helps ratings, but this draft also delivered moments for the casual viewer from top to bottom. If you're just someone who's in drafting, I think you you probably enjoyed it because Kaiser Gondrasik's reaction to getting drafted with her mom was absolutely priceless. Renaya Davis going crazy for her own highlight reel while Holly Rowe was trying to do a post-draft interview. Also fantastic, but no one, no one, no one in the entire draft had more swag than Michaela Onyemwede's grandmother. Uh, Holly Rowe asked Michaela's mom to show off her jacket, and grandma was like, I want a moment too. So she got up, she started dancing, it shook the camera, it was a great visual. Uh, it was just a fantastic moment from a fantastic draft. Unforgettable moments for the players and for us. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's nice to get some validation for how we're feeling. We are feeling that this sport is growing and is delivering more and more every day on what this on what these players can bring to the table. I think this draft was just something that proved that we're right. We're we're right here. The sport is growing. It's getting bigger and bigger and better and better. I'm looking forward to the season and hopefully next week Amy will be back here to talk about it more on Locked On Women's Basketball. Y'all have a great day.